Welcome to the I Can Podcast, where we discuss all things blindness related, including, but not limited to, technology, issues, and other topics. I hope you enjoy. This episode, we'll be talking tech. Don't forget, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, such as included, but not limited to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the latest models of the Victor Reader. Hi, I'm Brandy Kubel. Careers Plus is designed for young adults and high school students to prepare for high school, middle school, college, and their career of choice. The goal of this podcast is to advocate and educate while fostering a sense of confidence in youth to pursue college and the careers of their choice through interactive, dynamic learning experience. My name is Anna Wisma. I'm Lex Ariola. Hi, my name is Patricia Figueroa. My name is Lisa Lloyd. I am Natalie Charles. My name is Logan Barantes. My name is Randy Owen. Hi, my name is Anjali. I am the music composer for this podcast. Please like and subscribe and hit the notification bell to never miss any of our uploads. Now, on to our episode. Hello, everyone. Join us back from our summer break as we talk about the accessible tech we like to use just in time for back to school season. So come join us as we talk about everything from computers and iPads to the Victor Reader. And let's find out if we should put all our apples in one basket. Hi, this is Natalie Charles and my device that I am going to be talking about is the NLS Braille e-reader. The NLS Braille e-reader is a little portable device. It's like a mini Braille note, but it's not a Braille note. It's 20 cells, and you could download books on it from Bard, NLS Bard, or Bookshare. And you can also get magazines on it. NLS stands for the National Library Service. And it is free. Technically, it is free, but you are put on a waiting list in order to get one to you. Um, in order to like search for books, you can type in it, and then you just download the book onto the device, or if it's connected to the Bard app on your phone, then you can also do that. But you can also you just like type in what you want to search for, and then you hit enter. And then the results come up and you look for which one you want. And you can also add the book to your wish list. It supports computer braille, contracted braille, and uncontracted braille. It's smaller than the Braille Net Empire, but bigger than the iPhone. It's like the size of a small board book or a small printed braille book. Natalie? Does it have um, like email capability and that kind of thing? No. So no. There's a there's a book reader. There's a file manager where all the books and stuff are. There's date and time. There's um, settings, and then there's online services, and then there's battery info and a user guide. Power off. And then there's okay. a re- re- reboot. Online services. It has NLS Bard, and it has. National Federation for the Blind Newsline, and it has Bookshare. The reader has a Perkins-style keyboard, 
which is like dots one, two, three on the left with a backspace, and then dots four, five, six on the right with enter. And then it has two space bars. I don't know why they just made one space bar, but it has two space bars. It has thumb keys like on the regular brownout. And then it has a little circle button that can also be used like as another enter brain button. It also has the router buttons if you want to put your cursor at a certain place. How did you discover this form of tech? Well, the only um, way I found out about it is when I signed up for the Braille and Talking Book Library, which is also known as BTBL. And um, I also signed up for BARD and they said that they had these devices which I even know about and that they just started giving them out. And they asked me, the people at the library asked if I wanted one and I said, yes. And so they put me on a, a waiting list for one. And then shortly one came to me in a box with the user guide in Braille also. Do you and have it for on loan for an indefinite amount of time or is there a time limit on how um, long you can borrow it? No, there's not a time limit when you can borrow it um, unless you, like, don't want it anymore or you don't, like, or you're, you're going to, like, sign it out of the library, then you you send it back. But you you can have it, but you just have to, like, download one book a year on it from BARD in order to keep, so, like, they don't, like, ask, like, I guess, if you don't need it anymore or if you're not using it. Something tells me you don't have a problem doing that. <laughs> yeah, of course not. I like it because it has tons. Of, well, you could get a lot of books on it. Like, I know I at least have more than 20 books on it. Is the, I guess, probably the SD card makes it so you can expand the memory. Does it have built-in memory or is it SD card memory? No, I'm pretty sure it's built-in memory because there's no SD card that's in it. But there is a, like an, I think it's like an SD card port. Okay, so there's a, probably an SD card slot so that you can add, ex, uh, you can extend, uh, expand the memory with an yes, SD card. If, yes, if Need you don't have any room, which probably much like a Victor it, reader. Because I have a lot of books on there. I prefer to read Braille because I feel like I get like more into the story than if I was listening to a good audiobook. Like, I do think audiobooks are nice, but I feel like I wouldn't really pay attention to it much, or I might just fall asleep to whoever, whoever is reading it. I also like reading Braille hard copy. I have a lot of Braille hard copy books, and so I really like doing it both ways. Portable, the portable e-reader I like because, like, if I am going on a road trip or somewhere where I won't be able to take a lot of books, I can just bring it and it has a book so I have in hard copy already and I could just read them wherever I go. As for learning Braille, I don't think so because if you were still learning or just learning Braille, you would have to like learn how to um, use it. Like in general, you would have to learn how to use the device and like navigate it. And so like there are different like keys and functions. I think 
if you're still learning Braille or just learning Braille, then the Perkins would be a good start. And then the Braille note takers like the Braille note touch and the Braille note touch plus and the NLS e-reader or um, refreshable Braille display or like any Braille note takers from companies like Humanware or Hims. All right, I have a question for you, Logan. A lot of my friends who are blind or low vision use uh, Apple products, and I know you're using Android. What made you get interested in using Android? Um, well, that uh, the answer is kind of twofold to that. Um, first one being it's <coughs> cheaper, um, but uh, second being the fact that. Um, I was kind of, um, while my mom and sister had Apple devices, um, I wasn't as comfortable using that. So I wanted to try and um, like get into that system because I had basic knowledge because um, the first phone I actually had was a, uh, a Windows phone. Um, and that that wasn't as accessible, but it's you know still running basic Android software. Um, so I wanted to get on the Android system because I felt it would be an easier learning experience for me. And has it been? Yes, I have found that it's it's been a straight. A relatively straightforward process. Um, I will say there, uh, the I personally, um, I think the like the philosophy for Androids is different from iPhones. Um, Android seems to be better if you're low vision, um, so they have a lot of magnifiers. Uh, you know, they have they have a basic screen reader. Um, through Google, through Google services. Um, but Apple is more like if you're completely blind, they have a lot of, um, they have a lot more help in that regard. So I have found just magnifying certain fonts or app icons and things like that have helped, has helped me tremendously get around an Android phone. Android, I have um, noticed it's a lit, a little more, um, there's a bit, I don't want to say freedom, but that's the only word I can think of at the moment. Um, in the terms of how you can move around and really customize your experience um, and how you interact with your phone. It, um, recently, um, later Androids have, are same, like Androids are moving into that same realm of you don't have like storage space, like, like they're kind of emulating Apple more and more, which is not one of my favorite aspects right now. Um, so like they don't have, a, there are newer models that don't have SD external SD slots. Um, but definitely that um, Android is a little more uh, customizable. Do you use voiceover on the, on the Android, Logan? Great question. So... Voiceover is is specifically what Apple calls their you know screen reader, but Android has its its own. They call Talkback, 
Um, and it works virtually the same way um, in that you, know, you can have um, different voices that read things, you know, that, that'll read things on the aspects of the screen to you. Um, you can set up shortcuts. So if you, you know, hold down the volume keys for a couple seconds, it'll automatically turn on or off. Um, it, you can select which voice you have. Um, Google and interestingly enough, Google and Samsung have their own versions of it. Um, I found Google to be a little more accurate with certain, um, with how it pronounces things and um, when it's reading to me. Um, but yes, I do have a similar Ver, a similar like uh, voiceover. So my favorite form of assistive technology is actually a voice projection system. Even though I have retinitis pigmentosa, I also have a vocal cord injury, which I obtained when I was 27 by having something stuck in my throat. So I have a pretty weak voice. It means that um, by the end of the day, a lot of times I don't have much of a voice and people can't hear me. And I'm often around people who are hard of hearing. They either you know, have Usher syndrome or like my dad, who's 82, blind and um, refusing to wear a hearing aid. Um, it can be really difficult for him to hear me. So I use this voice projection system by Zoe Tech, Z-O-W-E-E-T-E-K. I purchased it on Amazon. It was about $50. And there are two parts of it. There is a headset that looks kind of like a normal headset with a microphone on it, which projects towards my mouth and I can move that around as needed. And then there is uh, the actual computer device piece that is like a little box and I can wear it on my shoulder. I can also put it directly in front of the person who's hard of hearing. Um, and if need be, they can even, if we're like in a busy restaurant, they can put that little sound box right up to their ear so they can hear what I'm saying. So when I use the voice amplifier system, I find that I don't have my voice as stressed and I can go a longer vocal cord mile, so to speak. Um, sometimes I have a lot of meetings back to back, three or four meetings. And if I don't use my voice projection system, I won't have a voice at the end of it. So that's how I found it to be really helpful for me. Also, if we're in a place like a restaurant, it can be really loud. So I find that that person that's hard of hearing, they really have a hard time understanding what I'm saying. And so um, I feel like it makes all the difference if they can hear what I'm saying without having to ask me to repeat. Also, when I wear a mask, my voice is more muffled. So um, it's really been a, a game changer for me. Um, I put on an event with about 300 people in December for my one of my daughter's schools. And I used the voice projection system. I was also wearing a mask. And it was kind of funny. People were like, wow, you look so professional. And I was like, well, I wasn't trying to look professional. What I was trying to do was save my voice so that at the end of the event, I actually had a voice left. And for the next you know, couple of days afterwards, I could speak. Um, I use my voice quite a bit in that... Uh, my daughter is fully blind um, and, and also my dad too. So I use my voice to orient uh, them in space, particularly because Anurishma has a vestibular and proprioceptive disorder, which has her constantly lost in space. So my, my vocal cords get tapped a lot, constantly sharing, you know, it's to your right or you need to, you know, um, 
that's what I found um, about the device. And I recommended it to several other people. Um, if they're teaching a class, it's useful for them. And also, too, I mentioned it to one of our audio describers, and he picked up on it because with audio description, there's a lot of vocal um uh, cord work that you have to do and it's very taxing. So um, I know he took note of it um, and I think it's useful in just lots of different ways by lots of different people in different professions. Teachers, for example, sometimes use the Zoe Tech system as well to amplify their voice. Uh, I have a question. Um, so with this system, is it uh, something that's more of like a, like a speaker like a microphone you uh you would put like on your clothes or is it something that connects to a phone or how does it work yeah it has uh, a it's almost like an old <laughs> some of the older school people will understand when we were carrying with us um portable tape decks we had a term for them um like walkmans so it's about the size of a Walkman, the part that has a shoulder strap and goes on my body. I have to charge it. Uh, after using it for about three or four hours, I have to charge it for about an hour and a half. Um, but that's okay because I just use it as I need to. Um, and actually, I was doing a presentation at a conference recently, and the volume wasn't working on the computer on um, the presentation slides. So I was actually able to use this amplifier system to project to the whole room. There was about 35, 40 people in the room. So I was actually able to use it kind of off label and um, project this very quiet sound on an iPhone <laughs> to the whole room by just putting the microphone to the speaker on the iPhone. And we were able to kind of save the day and, and show four or five short brief videos to the audience. So it's just a little bit funny to use it in that way, but it worked out great. It saved the whole presentation, actually. I have a question. Um, is it loud enough for uh, a group of people to hear it? I mean, is it comparable to like a Bluetooth speaker? It is quite loud. I would say uh, I actually used it to put to a microphone in the room uh, when I was doing that presentation just to amplify even more because I was aware of the fact that some of the people in the room were hard of hearing. Uh, so I was able to um, put that device closer to them for the individual that I knew that was hard of hearing so he could access the presentation. So it does help if you know who in the group is hard of hearing um, in order to put the device closer to them. And it's got rechargeable batteries. It I, does it charge recharge like on a, like a micro USB cord. Uh, yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the, um, the part that is the headset also charges as well as the device itself. And there's also a clip so you could clip it onto your pants if you wanted to, or you could put it on, on as a shoulder strap. Who's nope. next? <laughs> All right. Anarishma? I used my brain to touch to do more homework and emails. Letters to people and Katie helped me with my homework. And I named him Winter. 
Ana Reshma has named all of her technology. So your iPhone has a name and you call it Ava. And she's named my iPhone and she calls my iPhone July. Because Bob was born in July, right? <laughs> yes, everything has a name. And I listen to kids, Bob, but sometimes I off-key my bedroom, right, Mama? On your Braille Note Touch And device? my phone. Oh, on your iPhone, but we're talking about your Braille Note Touch right now, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't work. My Braille Touch doesn't work sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I get upset about that. I don't, I don't really have to live a while about that, right? Any questions about that? So tell us a little bit about the Braille Note Touch. What does it? What is? What does it feel like? It feels heavy to pick it up. It has a it has a shoulder strap to put on my shoulder. It has the buttons. It has buttons. It has a case, and it has some buttons too, and a screen people can see. Right? Are the buttons in Braille? Yes. All of them. I think the power button is not, it's, it's a circle. So that's a vine buttons. It has vine buttons. It has keys I can type on. It has a charger, a keyboard I can plug in. And how long can you work on it before you have to charge it up? Um, Two hours, I think. And does it have a Braille display? It has, yeah. a, it has a refreshable Braille display on it, right? Right. When Anurishma was back at the school district, she was given a very old Braille note touch and it didn't have the capabilities to even send email. Uh -huh. So when she ended up going to California School for the Blind, she was given winter. something winter, the current one. And <laughs> she was thrilled to be able to have access to the Internet and to be able to email folks. And helpful. yes, it's very helpful, isn't it? <laughs> That's fantastic. I think. Yeah. What's so remarkable about the technology of today is getting to see really um, how it opens up the opportunity and really the playing field for you guys. Because when I was in high school, there was no technology like this. So for us, low vision and blind kids, you know, it was a, a human reader and it was a tape recorder and it was a clunky Braille writer. And that was it. Um, CCTVs were around, but they were expensive. And there was, um, at the tail end of the 80s, there was the first Kurzweil reading edge. But it was $6,000, $7,000, $8,000, $10,000. And I was one of the first beta testers of it. And I remember thinking this would be so amazing. But I knew there was no way I would ever be lucky enough to own something like that. So it's it's just extraordinary to see my, you guys have this stuff. My dad was practicing law. And when the Curls Wild came out, he was like, oh, well, I'd really love to get that because it'd be so helpful mm -hmm. to not have a legal assistant to read to me, but at $6,000, it was just cost prohibitive. Mm -hmm. And I have one of those in my office at Society for the Blind. And they called it, they called it portable back then. And it's enormous. It's, you it, you would have to put it in a Samsonite suitcase um, because it's that big. I'm like, I can't imagine dragging that around, but people did. Um and now it's it's built into your phone. Every iPhone. It's a seeing AI is a free app and it does the same thing. I can't remember where I heard this, but I remember hearing um 
like there's um like like things like Google like the Google lenses or um like now Apple has their own thing that they're developing. Mm-hmm. Um like people are saying like that could be a cool avenue for accessibility in the future to develop things to help those who have low vision or who are blind. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not even the future. It's happening now. You can go and download the free Envision uh, app. And it is, it uses, it's, you can do it on Android and on iPhone. And you can use the app. And it's the same app that you'll run on the Envision glasses. It's just, you're going to use it on your mobile device. And it will give you a feel for what it would be like to use that app, but on smart glasses. And so everything you can do on the phone, now imagine you're doing that through a pair of glasses. And, and then instead of having to hold your phone up, all you would have to do is turn your head and give a command, a verbal command to your, your glasses in, in a Bluetooth earpiece. Or tap the side of your glasses. Um, and, you know, it's 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 not as impractically priced as you would think. This opens up the idea of, for example, say you are uh, working for um, a publishing house and your your job is to edit text as a visually impaired or blind person. Well, you've got these glasses and your job is is to copyright editor. You know, you could do that job just by looking, wearing these glasses and you're scanning your text all day long. Scan text, scan text, scan text. It's And instead of holding your camera to do it, you're looking at the text with your gla- smart glasses on. That's the job a blind person could do because of this technology. And it sounds like it'd be hands-free. Which, which opens your hands up to do other tasks. So the Envision is the software, the platform, the hardware is the Google Glasses. Um, wearable wearables are 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 where we're going at. You know, they started it with Apple Watch and smartwatches, and we're having phones and smartwatches. Eventually, we're not going to have phones that we hold to our ear. It's going to be wearables. Everything hands free. Which, if you think about it for blind people, woohoo! Because when we're holding a cane, we're already limited down to one hand. Or a guide dog harness. Or a mm-hmm. guide dog harness. So if I can go more hands free, more the better. Kevin? Yeah. How are you? Yeah. So you're learning technology. What do you like about your technology? What do you like better, the iPhone or the computer? Computer. The computer? What do you like about the computer? I like chalks. Yeah? What's your favorite part about JAWS? I like typing. That was the first thing that I enjoyed when I first started learning assistive technology. Um, I never used a computer before when I lost my vision. When I went totally blind, I, I was, I'd never touched a computer before. 
honest, honest to goodness, you guys, I, I was 20 years old and I had never touched a computer. Yes, they told me to take computer classes in junior high school and I made my lab partner do everything because the computer scared me. But then they started teaching me uh, a program called Flipper. <laughs> yes, it was an old, old uh, Texas speech program called Flipper. And uh, I learned in DOS, which was before Windows, and um, in uh, word processing. And so I learned how to write in a, an editor. And the first thing I started to do, because I, I was always a journaler and kept the diary. So the first thing I started to do was keep a journal. And that's what I did when I was learning uh, the computer was I, I started to type and keep a journal again. And it felt really liberating. And I had fun doing that. Um, my name is Patricia. I'm calling from Sacramento. I am a Sac State student and I'm studying ethnic studies. And my assistive tech device is my Windows computer. Okay, cool. And is it a Windows 10, Windows 11? I believe it is a Windows 11. I think. Right. I think, I think. Are you using it with JAWS or a Braille display? JAWS. JAWS. Very cool. And what do you use your Windows 11 machine for? Um, for school, a lot of assignments here at Sac State are on Canvas, and so no other way to access it. Before, I used to access this with the with the iPad, but upon learning about JAWS and learning, no, when I learned JAWS, I discovered that I didn't really like the iPad. It was too hard to navigate. I mean, it wasn't hard to navigate, but JAWS was much more convenient, so... I dropped the iPad and started using the computer. And what do you, uh, do you write papers on it? Do you read, mm -hmm. um, do you read your books on it? I write papers. I in, uh, read books using Kurzweil. Kurzweil? 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 Kurzweil. Kurzweil. And what's Kurzweil? It's like a software to read books, PDFs. And do you do you have to scan those books in or does the college scan them in? How do you get those books? The college scans them and then they send it through email and put it in the Kurzweil. Oh, what's Canvas? Oh, Canvas is the platform. It's kind of like if you've heard of Google Classroom. Yes. But it's more for like, I don't know what the difference is. Like it's more, it's just an education platform. It's like an education um, like platform that a lot of colleges contract out to um, to basically handle all of the you can access assignments course where you can access all the stuff from your classwork on Canvas. Very cool. and I think a lot more it was you I don't know how I don't know when it was first used but I think it was used a lot more when it was like Know, like stay at you know like work from home kind of like the lockdown because mm -hmm. everyone had to access their stuff online okay, cool now how are you guys at typing touch typing 
Are you using a, a, the keyboard on the laptop? Do you use a yeah. Bluetooth keyboard? What oh, I thought you were asking him because you were like, how how are you guys? I was like, no, asking. you. Oh, me? Yeah, the one on the laptop. Yeah, I like this. I like JAWS better than uh, the iPad. Because uh, with the iPad, I had to use a Bluetooth keyboard. Mm-hmm. So it was much more inconvenient. Some of these desks at the at the college are tiny. They're like tiny. They only fit a computer. So you take your own notes in class on the mm-hmm. laptop? No, I use a Braille note. Take. I use the Braille Sense 6 for notes. Oh, very cool. And then iPhone is just for entertainment purposes. <laughs> That's cool. And then I have an iPad that I got from my quinceañera. I use it to play games. <laughs> and TikTok and for TikTok. <laughs> of course, TikTok. What is your favorite uh, part of the independence that you get out of your PC for school? Just like being able to do homework on my own. Some of the classes, like I took this one class and they were covering sex trafficking. I'm like, I'm not trying to have my mom read that to me. If Imagine if she would have to read that to me. Uh-uh. I'd rather have like a, a something where I can read it on my own and I can and my mom has an accent not to pick on people with accents but still if you can understand it better then it's and it makes you feel free I think that's a great point having been a student before this kind of you know assistive tech was out there and needing to rely on a live reader um that kind of material would be a little uncomfortable so yeah i could totally agree Mm -hmm. and also like my mom works in the afternoons from five to nine so if that would have been hard because my dad also has a visual impairment and why would my dad want to read about stuff like the the stuff we learned in the family class is tough Mm -hmm. and so i'm not trying to have someone else like that and just the feeling of having to have someone read to you. I mean, it's fine when you want it, but then it's if it's like for something like school and work, you kind of feel tied. Do you record any of your classes like um, no. in audio recording? They, no, they put it up there. They put like Zoom lectures for us to listen to. Oh, how cool. Yeah. And some of them have a YouTube channel so we can go and watch the lectures there. When did you like first get the laptop and like when you when you got there was it like was it like a steep learning curve or was it like oh it's easy i got it last year around this time and it was it was one of those things where like if you don't do it you're not going to learn it but then the more and more that you try it then you start to dominate it a little more i have to say at first i was kind of like stubborn like I was thinking in my head I really don't want to do this if I have the iPad why do I need JAWS and then once I try I was like I'm gonna give this the benefit of the doubt I mean these classes aren't going away I'm gonna have to be doing this every time and I was like yeah this this is actually better this is so it's part of it is also being open-minded oh and also my tests my my um quizzes um the testing center people which is like where you accommodate your test they would have it on JAWS for me instead of having someone like live read it to me. So that was so much better because th- then you can repeat the question whenever you want. 
and you can like go word by word if you don't get it. I mean, it's it, I like the system. So on Kurzweil, do you have um do you have like a, a a camera or a flatbed scanner if you want to to do any scanning? Yeah, I have a scanner. Got it from Dior. Have you ever used that? I'm just learning to use it with Sam. Oh, very it's cool. funny because last week when I was like trying to use it, I didn't have any like she wanted me to get junk mail and it caught me completely off guard because she was like, do you have any papers? I'm like, no, I don't have anything. So I rush out of the room like, mama, basura, quiero basura. <laughs> and she was like, basura de que? Like what, what kind of basura? Which basura is trash. And I was like, any basura mail you got from Smart and Final, anything, any basura, la que sea. <laughs> <laughs> it was like yeah it was funny and and Sam was like basura we're gonna read basura then it ended up being some junk mail from Sac State that they sent <laughs> well there you go and so I'm assuming that you do your email on the mm -hmm. PC as well I, I hey now that I've now that I've done it on the PC I don't do it on my phone anymore the the PC is much more straightforward Mm -hmm. And the phone, I don't know what they did to the app, but it's it's basura now. It's like, it's, I don't <laughs> like it. I'm just tickled that you're enjoying your, your Windows PC. I, I I, it's going to help you out so much because, you know, the, the having knowing both, you know, uh, the Apple platform, you know, your phone and knowing PC is really helpful. Because the world, you know, business world does work on a Windows environment. I could yeah. I couldn't do my job without a Windows PC. And I'm pretty sure, Logan, you program in Windows, huh? Yeah, um, I like I am kind of like a Windows fanboy, you know, um, so I can it's just easy, easier to use than like a MacBook or something. Yeah, I thought, well, I'm running this meeting on a Windows computer. Joining yeah. on a Windows computer. Oh, and that's another thing with Zoom. I don't like doing Zoom on the tablet anymore. You had, like, you've used Windows, um, but have you tried, like, using a Mac to see what that what that's like? No, I haven't tried it. If I had to, like, if I could, if I had to give my own, you know, opinion, I would say Windows is the best. Then you have Linux. Then you have Mac OS. And then you have like, I don't know, Chrome OS or something at the very bottom. All right. So Victor Reader Stream. Um, there is a new third generation Victor Reader, which is much like um, the second Victor Reader, only it has, from what I can gather, um, it has much better sound quality for one. It it goes quite a bit louder and quite a bit softer. Um, Victor Reader is a digital book player. So it plays um, all your NLS Bard books. Um, it plays Bookshare books. It plays NFB Newsline content, podcasts, internet radio, Um it also uh, does Wikipedia and Wiktionary searches. Um, it's a digital voice recorder. 
so you can record lectures or voice notes um, with it has uh, expandable SD memory. But it the latest one, the Victor Reader 3, uh, has Bluetooth. So you can pair it with Bluetooth earbuds. That is a big selling feature for a lot of folks. Um, it is quite nice. <laughs> Once you go wireless, you know, you never go back. Uh, so that's a good selling feature. Stream 2, second gen, does not have uh, Bluetooth capability. Now, Victor Trek, which is the Victor Reader Stream, does have Bluetooth capabilities, but that one also has GPS. Um, I've used that one with the GPS, although I'm not a big fan of the GPS on the Victor Stream models uh, because I prefer the GPS navigation on iPhone. Um, for me, the iPhone navigation GPS is more intuitive, uh, but that's just me. Some people like the GPS on uh, the Victor better because they prefer a physical button, but I prefer iPhone. Um, different strokes for different folks. But in this situation, the Victor 3, uh, it what's nice about the Victor 3 now is you can use a large capacity SD card. So before it would tap out at 32 gig SD card. Now you can use 64 gig SD card, um, 128 gig SD card, as long as you format it in FAT32, which is the PC format. Um, that's pretty huge because you can fit a lot of information on an SD card that size. Um, or voice notes. You can also, oh, you can also put music. You can play uh, like MP3 files or iTunes format files, music files on your Victor Reader stream, um, which I do that a lot. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a pretty handy device. Uh, for students, this is how you can have all of your textbooks on your Victor. Um, yes, you can have them on your phone. But the battery life on your Victor is really good. So for some folks, they don't want to run down the battery of their iPhone. Um, so they'll have a Victor. The voice notes are um, very handy. Like yesterday, I was showing one of my students, for example, how she could use Scene AI on her iPhone to read her, her debit card or her credit cards and on her Victor, she could save the audio recording of her phone saying the card number and all the information as a voice note on her Victor. That way, the next time she needed that, she didn't have to ask somebody to read her debit card number. Now, yes, you could save that on your iPhone too, but in her situation, it was just easier for her to have it on her Victor in, in an audio format. So, you know, this is just an everyday example of how you can use this assistive technology, you know, in your everyday life. Um, 
So for living skills purposes or for school purposes or for work purposes, um, these assistive technologies just make your your life independent and you don't have to rely on another person, you know? Uh, for folks who don't have an iPhone, who maybe just have a Victor reader, if somebody gives them a phone number, they can grab their Victor and do a voice memo and record somebody's phone number. And then it's right there. Or they want to listen to a podcast, they can link wirelessly um, to their Wi-Fi at home and listen and download podcasts on the Victor Reader. Now, how do you input? Because the Victor Reader is about the size of, uh, let's see, let me give an explanation. So it is about the size of an iPhone. It has numeric keypad on it. And the way that you input text is the multi-tap method. Don't you guys know what that is? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. That's old school text messaging. So A, B, and C is found on key two. So you hit two once for A, twice for B, three times for C. D, E, and F is on key three. So hit three key three once for D, twice for E, three times for F. So that's you know, just kind of like the old school text messaging on a numeric keypad. You guys might not remember phones before there were QWERTY keyboards on phones. Used to have to actually text message that way. It was a bit slower, but you'd be surprised how fast you could actually enter in letters. Um. Like my nephews were really fast at it. They were just like smoking fast. And I'd still be like, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And they were already done sending a text message. And I'm still in the midst of trying to type out one word. Um, so that's how you enter in text. Uh, so, and... Once you're linked to the internet, you can search the BARD library straight from your device. So search the library and download your books uh, straight from the device. So you can download NLS BARD books, download Bookshare books, um, all of that, and have it downloaded straight to the Victor. And Victor was, Victor Reader was designed for initially for students to be able to have all of their books and textbooks uh, in the palm of their hand. Uh, so do you have to, like, do you have to be signed up, like, through or be registered with uh, the, um, said the name millions of times, um, with the, uh, with Bard um, before getting the Victor Reader, or does it, when you have the Victor Reader, it also like doubles as registering you for for bard so you can get books and stuff so uh when you when you get the the victor reader um it does not have any information on it um including the user keys that you will need to be able to play 
um, to be authorized to play NLS Bard material. So um, you'll have to have a, a Bard account or an NLS um, account. And then you'll register with the Bard, the Braille and audio recorded download. And you'll take your serial number and register with your NLS or the Braille and Talking Book Library. And then they will wirelessly push three user keys to your device over the internet. Once you link it, you know, once you connect it wirelessly, they'll push your user keys to your device um, that basically unlock uh, the talking book by books that you download. Um, so yes, you have to be signed up with the National Library Service and your local Braille and Talking Book Library. But that's one of the things that, like, I would help you out with when you get your Victor Reader. Same thing with NFB Newsline. Signing up for NFB Newsline, then they'll give you codes so that you can sign into your NFB Newsline account. Same thing with Bookshare. You <laughs> sign up for that and activate those accounts and with a victor reader do you like transfer files from your yes. phone to victor reader um mm -hmm. so you can you can uh connect it to your pc using a micro usb actually it's a usb-c now because they, they it, it charges using usb-c and it also connects to your computer using usb-c so you can transfer uh, files by connecting to the computer or you can just take the SD card and plug it into your computer if you have an SD card slot but if you don't have an SD card reader in your computer you can connect it to your computer and it'll your computer will see it as a an external drive oh and one thing I've done with the Victor is if you have an RCA cord like um I don't know if you guys uh, know what those are, but it's, you know, where it's, it's a male end on both ends. You can plug the RCA cord into the microphone jack of the Victor Reader and then plug it into the an adapter uh, and then plug it into your iPhone. And you can actually record things from your iPhone onto your Victor Reader and it will convert it to mp3. If you would like more information, please visit the Careers Plus page at societyfortheblind.org. You can also email us at iCanPod at societyfortheblind.org. That's E-Y-E-C-A-N-P-O-D at societyfortheblind.org. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>